2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us, listen to this, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And then finally, Colossians 4. Colossians chapter 4 and verse, and this is where we were last night. Verse 2, continue in prayer. Watch the same with thanksgiving. Praying with all also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. I, I got to wondering if I were in Paul's shoes in certain seasons of his ministry if uh, that would be my prayer request. If my prayer request, which, which basically, if you, if you boil it all down, pray, pray for me for open doors and an open mouth. Open doors and an open mouth. And, and he, most of you know this, but pre-Jesus, pre-Jesus, uh, Paul was one of the finest religious leaders that Judaism uh, ever produced. I mean, when it came to living to the Jewish uh, faith, he dotted his I's and crossed his T's. Uh, he, he referred to his former life and concerning the law of Moses. He said, concerning the law, blameless. Turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Uh, before his conversion on the road to Damascus, and you guys know this story being Bible believers, uh, he's on the road to Damascus to continue his persecutions of this new, new sect of, of Christ followers and these Jews that were, uh, in his opinion, worshiping a new God. And what he was doing there was kind of what I'm seeing happening in America today. He's saying, believe different than us, will you? We'll fix you. If you think we have it bad in the post-Christian America, uh, and as, as societal tide turns against us and what we believe, pick it up in Acts 9-1 and see what the believers were going through there. Yeah. And Saul, yet breathing out threatening, this sounds like a dragon, man, breathing out threatenings yeah. and slaughter? That's a pretty powerful word. Against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest. Dare I say, Paul was to the early church much of a measure of what Hitler was to the Jew in World War II. According to Deuteronomy 13, he so followed his God that that passage said that, uh, that any man that worships any other God or, or, or turns people to another God, they're to be stoned. And Paul was just executing what he believed to be true. The trouble was he didn't realize that Jesus wasn't another God. He was the God that wrote the statute back there in Deuteronomy chapter 13. Like so many other unbelievers today, he had a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end of the ways of death, he was sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. So he's going around arresting people, and God's getting ready to arrest him. Yeah. So we pick it up in Acts chapter 9, where the Bible will reveal a truth that I think will help us tonight. It's helped me. It's convicted me. In... in Concerning giving out the truth, open doors and an open mouth uh, uh, and on a daily basis, even as the times get tough and things get really dark, 
what, how we give out the gospel in a dark day on a daily basis concerning these things. In spite of the tide turning against us. In, one of these guys was saying, could you imagine if we talked a year ago, say, you're not going to be able to have church a year from now. We'd say, you're crazy. Unprecedented times. Verse 2, and desired of him letters of Damascus to the synagogues that if any were found this way, you know, those people, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And he, as he journeyed, he came, and you know the story, but, but don't let the familiarity of you miss the power of it. Amen. He came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou? And he, the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And here's what I want you to get. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You ever feel like people just aren't getting saved anymore? Nobody said amen. I do. Come up where I live. You want to go door knocking, Mr. Super Soul Winner? <laughs> you better wear a football helmet because you're fitting to get some doors in your face. <laughs> we get people, new people coming to church, but it's usually musical churches. You know, we got a good relationship with the parents. Yeah, they're over there. Good for you. God bless you, brother. Amen. <laughs> oh, they're back again. <laughs> you know, oh, we shouldn't have left in the first place. Three months later, they're gone again. <laughs> Am I the only one that ever feels like it's, and I mean in the flesh, it's over for America. The night has come when no man can work, or at least it's rough going. You ever feel like you prayed for 10 years for your wayward son or daughter, and it just seems to be getting worse? That lost parent, that co-worker, what's the use? We done lost a White House, lost a Senate, lost a church house, lost the schools, and now we're losing Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's <over>. Things gotten so bad, just bar the doors till Jesus comes. You know what we can learn from Paul and other, and other <laughs> on the road to Damascus and loads of other Bibles that I'll point out a little bit tonight? Here's my only point tonight that I'll tell you about ten times. You don't know what God's doing on the inside, so stay the course. Our mission, and I'm preaching to myself tonight, our mission doesn't change when it gets dark. Here is a man paralleling Hitler on the outside, but inside it was difficult for him. He was having a hard time kicking against the nudges of God on his conscience by the Holy Spirit. But nobody knew it. Keep your place in Acts. John 16. Amen, And if a theologian, if I'm wrong on this and a theologian straighten me out, just don't do it while I'm here. Wait till I go home. I've got a lot of insecurities. John 16. <laughs> Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you. Seven, sorry. 16, seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, let me ask you a question. Has he come? Yes, I think so. He will 
reprove. That means to excite a sense of guilt. The heart or conscience reproves us, Webster said. And when he has come, he will prove the world, I think that's everybody, of righteousness, of, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. God was working on Saul of Tarsus, but nobody knew it. Stay the course. You might be talking to Saul. Acts 25. Acts 25. Verse 13. Let's start in 12. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, Hast thou appealed unto Caesar? Unto Caesar thou shalt go. And after certain days, King Agrippa and Bernice came unto Caesarea to salute Festus. And when he had been there many days, Festus declared, Paul, I can't read Festus without thinking of gun smoke. I mean, do you know anyone named Festus? Meyer? <laughs> I guess this guy was here long before that guy we knew. And when they had been there many days, Festus declared Paul's cause unto the king, saying, There is a certain man left, beyond, left in bonds by Felix, about whom when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders and the Jews informed me, desiring to have judgment against him. To whom I answered, is not the manner of Romans to deliver any man to die before uh, that he was accused, having his accusers face to face. Let me just throw it in. You better thank God you're still in America and you get your accusers have to face you face to face. And it's a, it's a jury by your peers. Hallelujah. And have license to answer for himself concerning the crime laid against him. Therefore, when they were come hither uh, without any delay on the morrow, I sat on the judgment seat, Paul's fitting to get judged, and commanded the man to be brought forth against whom, when the accuser stood up, they brought an accusation of such things, I suppose, but had certain questions against him of their own superstition of one Jesus, which was dead, and Paul confirmed, affirmed to be alive. And because I doubted such a manner of question, I asked him whether he would go to Jerusalem and there be judge of these matters. But when Paul had appealed to be reserved under the hearing of Augustus, I commanded him to be kept uh, that I might send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said unto Festus, I would also hear the man myself tomorrow said he uh, uh, he said uh, said he thou shalt hear him he's going to a court he's getting ready to be judged and, and and let me just put shoes on this a little bit and say have you ever been in a courtroom yeah. as a defendant yeah it don't feel real good maybe you had a church that was under the lockdown mandate, and you said, we're going to obey God rather than men, and you're getting ready to go into court. Courtroom is not a fun place to be. That Bible says where the word of a king is, there's power. And sorry, but they weren't talking about the King James Bible when they wrote it. They were talking about there's a guy up there with a black robe that's going to determine your future, and you're not going to say, judge not lest you be judged. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody runs around saying that. First thing they realize when they walk in that court, you're being judged. Right. We live in a weird time. A, a, a day when the world's consensus is there's no God, there's no standard of morality, it's situation ethics, there's no absolute truth, judge not lest you be judged. But you, but you know something? Right and wrong is written on the table of every man's heart. It, it's called a conscience. And, and, and here's what's ironic today. All these people running around saying, judge not, lest ye be judged. That's all they do. Everybody's demanding justice. 
for justice you have to judge. Now we have the word police. You can't say that. Well, I thought you guys didn't believe what you could do and couldn't do. We have to remove you from our platform, our social platform. Because we believe you told a lie. After all, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. I thought those people didn't care about the thou shalt not. No God, no morals, no right, no wrong. Judge not, lest you be judged. But this man made a pass at me at a work party 47 years ago, and I was a little bit uncomfortable. We demand his resignation. Well, I thought you guys didn't care about right and wrong and good and evil and... No God, no morals, no right, no wrong. Judge not, lest ye be judged. But we're going to cancel everything that breaks our commandments. Yeah. Regardless of its historical significance. Listen, we don't believe in gender being binary, either one or the other. We believe it's on a scale. And we're going to try to convert you to believe it. In fact, if you don't believe it, we're going to fix you. And before it's over, don't doubt it. We're going to bring you to court to be judged. Now this, I'm trying to get you in a courtroom. This is what Paul is facing, but only on a religious ground. I'm trying to get you to feel Paul's circumstance, in case you're not like me or Travis that have been in court before as a defendant, to know what he's going through. We have learned firsthand how fast, 12 months, Freedoms can be stripped away under the banner of public health, like he said, the, the bumper sticker said tonight. It can close your business. It can close your church. It closed the entire world. Listen, here's what we've learned. If it's deemed an epidemic or a pandemic, anything goes. You know what's coming down next? I know what state I'm in. The Biden-Harris administration is announcing six initial actions to address the gun violence public health epidemic. Epidemics mean anything goes. No God, no morals, no right, no wrong. Judge not, lest ye be judged. But now the word police say... Dr. Seuss, Curious George, you got to go. Now, some of you obviously, you're not up on Dr. Seuss. Come on now. Which broke my heart because they're the only two books out of the Bible I ever read, and that's no kidding. <laughs> well, this is racist. Well, this is sexist. Well, I don't know what, what their problem is. And Mr. Potato Head, you got to go too. Mr. ain't allowed no more. Is it, is it not too far-fetched to ask the question, how long before they come after this book? I'm trying to put you in a courtroom. Maybe you could say, ding, I remember this. If they're worried about Mr. Potato Head not being gender neutral, what are they going to do when they read this book? They're tearing down statues of Lincoln and Washington and Lee and Jefferson and Jesus Christ. They're coming to tear us down. 
Don't doubt it. Sure. Because we call our children boys and girls. And teach them there's a difference. And teach them that certain behavior is right and wrong. That, that could be illegal someday. When you consider the House of Representatives vote on a series of changes that would eliminate all gendered words, I'm talking about in the House of Representatives and the bills that they write, like mother, father, he, or she from its rules. How? Why? For the advancement of inclusion. Now, I'm going to tell you what they're going to charge you with. I hope I'm wrong. Endangering your children's mental health, don't doubt it, and discrimination. Suppose, I'm trying to get you in a courtroom. Suppose you were arrested by the word police for teaching your children that a certain lifestyle is a sin. And under the threat of having your children taken away to a state foster home to be deprogrammed and your wife put in jail and you've got to borrow on your house to get an attorney and, and you've, you have a court date scheduled, which is going to determine the fate of you, your wife, your family, your children, your future, your church. What lawyer would you hire? I got, I got, I got my attorneys right in here. What would be your defense strategy? What would you say when you stood before the judge? I've been in court as a defendant before Jesus. I've been in court with people that were since Jesus that were SOS, stuck on stupid. And, try, and, and this has always been my strategy. I've not been in a lot, but enough. Get out of there as fast as you can. I, I never understood the passage. I never heard it expounded right. But 20 years ago when I was in court, this is the passage that came to my mind. Agree with thine adversary quickly while you're in the way, lest he deliver you to the judge and the judge to the officer and the officer take you and I'm going to give you the camillary version, put you in jail and throw away the key. I said, man... Do what they tell you. This, this, well, I don't know if I was 100% did what they said. You did half of it. Just sign the thing and let's get out of here. I got one of those. They, they call it a conditional discharge. I was running my big mouth on, if you can imagine that, under the influence. And I challenged this bouncer anyways. I made the mistake. Aaron, when the sheriff came in, a challenge in him, too. That was stupid. And they said, listen, if you just signed this here, I mean, listen, when you're Italian, you ain't worried about the judge. You're worried about your father that's got those Italian sausage fingers, man, that's going to give you an Italian 45, four this way and five this way. Never mind the judge. <laughs> He said, if you'll sign this, we'll give you conditional discharge. You don't do nothing wrong for six months. Uh, we'll rip up the papers. And I'll just tell you this, because I'm getting out of here, man. Where do I sign? Don't believe him. <laughs> Years later, when I got saved, I, this guy trying to get me in the jail ministry. You ever do? No, I'm, I'm good, man. He, he said, did you have some issues or something years ago? <laughs> yeah. So much for conditional. <laughs> You know what Paul's defense strategy was? 
when I get to court, I'm going to give my testimony and tell them how I came to Jesus. So pray for me for an open door and an open mouth. I wonder if we prayed that every single day of our lives, if we might see more fruit. God, would you give me an open door? And when you open that door, would you help me to open my mouth every single day? And he got before a king. A king. Joe Biden, okay? I know you know I just killed the meeting. (laughs) He ain't my king. (laughs) All right. (laughs) He said, King. He said, he said, Mr. Biden, Mr. President, he said, uh, a light shined out of heaven. I was walking down the road to persecute these Christians because they don't believe like us. And a light shined out of heaven. It was the middle of the day, broad daylight, noon, and the light was so bright, I fell to the ground and a voice started coming out of heaven. Would you say that to the word police? And, and I started having a conversation with this voice. And I asked him who he was, and he said he was Jesus, who I was persecuting. Man, I fell on my face. I came to Christ. I got my life right. I'm just out telling people, and they're having a hard time believing it, and so I'm here in trouble. Verse 25, 26, 25, 26, 24, and as he spake Festus, there's Festus again, said with a loud voice, Paul, thou are beside thyself. Much look, you're crazy. Get out of my courtroom. Guess what I would have been doing right there? Thank you, Your Honor. Just get out of here. I'd have been high-fiving. Boy, God sure got us out of there, didn't he? He turned the heart of Festus. We ran the other way. Glory to God. Let's go to a new city. And you could read a lot into this and preach this a lot of ways, but for the king knoweth, uh, that's a little. The king knoweth, you're going to sit there when the word police called you in there and say, Vice President Harris knows what I'm saying is true. For I'm persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets, doesn't wait for an answer from the judge. I know if thou believest. Then Agrippa said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Between his witness... And the heavens declare in the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork, and day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge, and there is no language where their voice is not heard, and their line is gone about, uh, throughout all the earth. That's Psalm 19 and Romans 1, and the unwritten law written on every man's heart, Romans chapter 2, and the conscience accusing or excusing, and the Holy Ghost, and the word of a preacher. Agrippa was close, and nobody even knew it. Paul didn't base his witness on what he saw. He based his witness on what he believed. 
about God dealing with the hearts of men. And this is my point and my only point. You don't know what God is doing inside of people. Stay the course. No matter how dark it gets. Give them the same message in the daytime as you do in the nighttime. Give them the same message in the valley as you give them on the mountain. Give them the same message when things are bad as when things are good. We serve a God that can work under Pharaoh's rule, Nebuchadnezzar's rule, Caesar's rule, Nero's rule, Agrippa's rule, and, 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 and I think he might just be able to serve under, uh, uh, work under Biden-Harris rule. And if he can't, kick him off the throne. We're serving a pretty sorry God that's limited by a Democrat. God was at work in Paul. Nobody knew it. God was at work in Agrippa. Nobody knew it. In fact, if I were to go around this room, I bet I could go 10, 15 people say, yeah, God was working on me. Nobody knew it. I brought my friend Dave Corona with me. 42 years old. Just to clarify, we're from New York, you know, not not the New York, but upstate New York. It's not Baptist. You don't knock on the door. Oh, yeah, I'm saved. I got saved when I was 12 years old. Then you go ask the preacher, oh, they ain't saved. <laughs> they just say that. First time I knocked on doors in Gainesville, Georgia, I came out there walking 10 feet off the ground. You say, oh, yes, sir, I'm saved. I come in for some tea. Yes, man. You're saved. You got to say, what you can say? Right down there at that Baptist church, 12 years old. Door after door. I'm in heaven. <laughs> I went back as a preacher. You're in heaven. Every door I knocked, they go, they ain't saved. <laughs> We're from Rochester, New York, 42 years old. We're not talking about bringing kids on a bus and giving them a Tootsie Roll to get saved. Wave to me. He was a gambling, money-loving, cigarette-smoking, Roman Catholic, loudmouth Italian. And he got saved and God took almost all those things away. <laughs> But there's a pastor up there named Pastor Jack Peta. He had a small, a small church. It was a Bible church, small Bible church, and uh, they couldn't pay him enough to keep him on. He worked at Eastman Kodak. And you know how long he worked on brother, brother who treats me like a son, a, a Christian father? Three years. Big mouth, gambling, knows it all. I know you can't believe that Italians would think they know it all. But talk to Sandy, she'll tell you. <laughs> Little did Jack know, God was doing something inside of Dave, but nobody knew it. He didn't base his witness on what he saw. He based his witness on what he believed that God can do, even in with hard heads. Oh, flat-nosed Tom Kaufman. I'm a 24-year-old, dignified Italian young man, not like Dave. 
Yeah, right. And we had a, I worked at Eastman Kodak Company, 60,000 employees at that time in Rochester. The parking lots were so packed and far away. I had a, I had a park, jump on a bus, and go on a 20-minute bus ride to the other end of what they call Kodak Park. It was like its own city. And, and I'd see Tom coming at bus 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, no! Here he comes again. And he gave me a track with a picture of, of Mary on the front. Religion or salvation, which have you? Okay, man, thanks. And, I, and, and as a heathen, a vile, foul-mouthed heathen, I put that thing in my locker and I wouldn't throw it away. I'm not throwing God away. You know what Tom didn't know? Tom didn't know that as a young man drunk driving by the Catholic Church, or when I was a little kid, I'd all see my dad, we'd go by the sanctuary of the Catholic Church, you know. I said, Dad, why do you always scratch your forehead? When, well, eventually I said, why do you scratch your forehead? He goes, oh, you make the sign of the cross when you go by the sanctuary. Man, from a little kid from that time, I didn't know that must be what God wanted. Tom didn't know that God had set a little foothold in there. And he didn't base it on what he heard. He didn't base witnessing on what he saw. He based his, his witness on what he believed. You know what? There's a chance God might be working in that person. But nobody knew it. So I guess God needed to kick a little harder. And he sent Jay Folk, that some of you know, to Building 29, better known as the armpit of Kodak. And I thank God he dealt with me, not by what he saw. When he came there, he told me later, he prayed, God, why did you put me in this place? He was a little more dignified. He was like, a, like, like Dave, the buyers, you know. We had to go to them to, to get parts and things like that. You know what he didn't know? Brother James, he didn't know when I walked and spring break down at Daytona Beach, two, three, four in the morning, by myself. There ain't nothing here. Yeah. I'm not satisfied. Yes, but Jay, you know what? Maybe God's doing something in this kid. And he didn't base it on what he saw. He didn't base it on what he heard. He didn't base it. He had a tweed tie. Remember those ties used to be flat on the bottom? Oh. Nice tie, man. And he hooked me, man, when he said, I used to be just like you. I had the keg at my house. I had the GTO. Uh, he goes, but I didn't have no peace inside. I said, keep talking, pal. He caught a 200-pounder. I'm telling you what we need more than ever in this dark day, in this discouraging day when it seems like all is lost. We don't know what God's doing inside people. Stay the course. As the day gets darker and your wayward child gets worse, and even as the tide turns anti-us, we do not know what he's doing inside. We didn't know that God was working on Paul. We didn't know that God was working on Agrippa. John 12.
This is the most, one of the most misinterpreted passages in the Bible. Let's just get a, a little old praise team and rip our genes to be like them. Listen, when I got saved, I didn't want someone like me. I didn't like me. John 12, verse 32. And if I be lifted up, but say the next three words, from the earth. He's not talking about having a praise. But, oh, if we just lift up Jesus. I understand practically. If we just lift up Jesus, people will be drawn. That's not what it says. It says if he be lifted up from the earth. You didn't lift him up from the earth. Right. Well, when was he lifted up from the earth? This, and let's see who he will draw, Mr. Calvinist. All men. Amen. Talk about resistible grace. He'd drawn everybody. Was he lifted up? What do you mean lifted up from the earth? This, he said, signifying what death he should die. There it is, man. He was lifted up. You know what? If we do that, I don't understand it all. But he says, I'll draw everybody. And you couple that with the heavens declaring his glory and the firmament showing his handiwork and the law written in every man's heart and the conscience accusing and excusing. And you couple that with us being living epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. We got some pretty good witnessing partners, even in the dark. They're all talking about them. And I'm just as guilty. I love preaching to myself. But I'm not going to suffer alone. I'm going to lay it on you too. <laughs> the border wall. The border wall. They're coming over the border wall. They're lawless and it's a crisis. And, and then you turn on this talking conservative head and he just fires you up more. And it's illegal jobs and they're breaking the law and they're throwing little kids over the wall. And in the mean, in the middle of all of this, I'm so aggravated and mad. I get a text from, the Gamas is still here? From Pastor Adam Thompson. You know, there's a, our friend the Gamas is from Texas. And in the middle of all that aggravation, brother, Adam don't know what's going on in my heart. He texts me a picture of a packed out church. It's his Spanish church. When I preached there two years ago, it was half full. Quote, you know, you see Adam, I see this is the Lord. His, his pet name for me is stupid. <laughs> Spanish church just keeps growing. More saved and baptized today. Two families added, running over 200 in the adult service. I think it was Nabil Qureshi, you say his name. Americans aren't going to the mission field, so God is bringing the mission field here. Yes, but when we start paying more attention to conservative talking heads than the Bible, we, 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 we're going to fall into temptation, listen, listen, to lump everyone in the same boat that we perceive as our, operate, as our opposition. Listen, if I had a title this message, it'd be, Don't Lump. Look at your neighbor and say, don't lump. <laughs> because you start lumping, your God is going to get real small. And his hands are going to get real tied, and you can forget about compassion. Right. What do you mean when you say lump? Well, the reason they're letting them in is because they know they're all liberal Democrat votes. 
Not for those 200 in Austin, Texas. Now, I'm not saying all Adam's people came over to Walmart. (laughs) But if we weren't televised, I'd say, I bet some of them are. (laughs) Don't lump, man. John 8, 44, he says, you scribes, you Pharisees, you hypocrites, you're ever found the devil, the lust of your father, you'll do. But one of them, named Nick, came to Jesus by night. You know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't lump them. He didn't give them the same message that he gave the one in John chapter 8. Yeah. Many of the chief rulers believed. We don't know what God's doing on the inside, so stay the course. And the key to being able to do that is to look past the mass and see the individual trees. God is interested in individuals. Don't lump the mob. Antifa. A political protest movement comprising autonomous groups affiliated by their militant opposition to fascism, that's you in case you don't realize it, and other forms of extreme right-wing ideology. I guess that's us. So we just, we just read about a group of people that has militant opposition to us. They propose physical harm to us. So I propose that the end result, as far as physical harm to us, Paul was, practically speaking, Antifa. Proving to me that God is so big, he can even save Antifans. Right? I don't know about that. Because you lump. Listen, listen. If we lump and write off Antifans and humanists and evolutionists and homosexuals and illegal immigrants and scientists falsely so-called and environmentalists and leftists and Cuomos and Bidens and Pelosi's and the close down the whole country because of COVIDists, there ain't going to be nobody left for Jesus to save. They're not the enemy, they're the prize to be conquered. Joe Camilleri was a wall of Jericho for Jay Folk to walk around and bring me down. And if Joe Camilleri can get knocked down, so could Antifa. But we don't believe that. Because we lump. We don't appreciate when they do it to us. When they label know what we believe. I was talking to a lady in Florida of all places. She said, what do you do for work? I said, I'm a Baptist preacher. She goes, oh, hellfire and brimstone. (laughs) And I need to spend 25 hours to get a 30-minute sermon. It's not really that I'm quick on my feet. And I said, well... Where the Bible's fire and brimstone, we're fire and brimstone. And when it's heaven and roses, we're heaven and roses. And she goes, oh, I never heard it put like that before. (laughs) But I'll tell you, I didn't appreciate her lumping me. 
I think it was you, Brother James, that gave the testimony on an airplane, sits down next to a lady, strikes up a conversation, and she said, what do you do for work? He said, I'm a Baptist preacher. She goes, oh, you hate me. Am I right? Oh, you hate me. Excuse me? I'm a lesbian. I was going to say she sat next to the wrong preacher. She sat next to the right preacher. You know what her problem was? She lumped. See, that's what the news media, that's what their militants tell. Oh, they hate, they hate, they hate. We don't like it. Let's not put it on them because you don't know what God is doing on the inside. You're anti-Jew. You don't know I'm anti We're pro-Jew. They can't believe When I meet a Jew, I'm pro-Jew, man. I'm meeting a real Jew. You are a physical descendant of these people I'm reading about. In the You're pro-Jew? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're BLM. I know everything about you. Listen, when they're burning for 200 years, what's the difference to sin they commit? Avoid the temptation to lump. If you lump the tax man, you don't have the book of Matthew. If you lump the cursing fisherman, Peter don't get to walk on the water. If you lump all them street whores out there, you're going to miss the woman at the well that won an entire city. Don't judge the black and brown by BLM or you're going to miss the Ethiopian eunuch. I'm telling you, it's a lie of the devil. And don't judge your wayward child's heart because they got another tattoo. You might miss out on the prodigal son coming home. And I like a fatted calf buffet. Because God was doing something inside that prodigal in spite of his riotous living. Look at him out there living. And God was working. But nobody knew it. In my preparations, I had to repent of blasphemy. <laughs> I had taken God's place. Because basically I was living omniscient. Tell me what their label is. I'll tell you what they believe. I'll tell you what they think about me. I'll tell you what they think about God. And God, I said, my pet name for, is stupid. He says, stupid. If you're so God, and you know what everybody's thinking, you'd have missed out on Paul. You'd have missed out on Zacchaeus. You'd have missed out on Matthew. You'd have missed out on Nicodemus. You'd have missed out on Peter. You'd have missed out on the maniac of Dara. You'd have missed out on Jay Folk. You'd have missed out on Dave Corona. And uh, stupid, you would have missed out on yourself. Because you didn't know what I was doing in your heart. Lord, forgive me for lumping. I'm so glad that the person that he sent my way didn't lump me. Oh, another big mouth Catholic Italian. Don't waste your breath. 
Help me to pray, Lord, every day for open doors and an open mouth. And Lord, I'm going to be honest, Lord, He knows my heart and He knows yours. It's difficult not to lump. But I don't know what I, I see the crowd, I see the mass, and I want to revolt and rebel, and I'm not going to put publicly what else I want to do. But I'm telling you, there was a young man 30-some years ago, you wouldn't have had any idea what he was doing in here. You don't know what God is doing on the inside with your wayward son, your wayward daughter, your unsafe father, your unsafe son, whatever it is, BLM, AOC, all that stuff. Keep going. God might be doing something on the inside.